Welcome to the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast, your best source for information, news, tips, and tricks to get you off the ground running and earn success with your custom apparel decorating business. So get ready to soak up some knowledge. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mark. Everyone, and thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast. My name is Mark Stevenson from Coldesi, and this is Mark Vila from Coleman Company. And today we're here to talk about local small business help. Yep, with our special guest Bill Burnham of the FSBDC, yeah, the Florida Small Business Development Center at USF. Yeah, Bill, you definitely get welcome welcome to the podcast, and you definitely get the award for the most letters involved in any organization that we've talked to. <laughs> well, thanks thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, we're uh, we're big on acronyms here at the FSBDC, so thanks. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, well, especially when you drop in the at USF, and if the at's an at symbol, yeah, I think that counts. So we're up to like six nine. Yeah, I yeah. So it's and and this is episode fifty two, right? Yeah, so it that, is that, that's pretty good too. And Mark, you brought this guest on, which means that I need to find one with ten or more. Yes, that's so, that's true. So, we have a new challenge. Uh, yeah, I'm not letting that title be yours forever. Okay, so um, we we sought out a bill for uh, a couple of reasons, just by way of setup. Is we get the same kind of basic questions uh, in the custom apparel startups Facebook group um, that that all small businesses or entrepreneurs or startups um, ask. And that is, you know, things like, where do I get financing? Um, tell me about SBA loans. Um, do I need a business plan? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, where can I find business? Because, you know, when we when people started filling out the surveys to join the uh, Facebook group, we started realizing that, you know, the number, number one question is, is, what do I do? Yeah, they want to start a business, but they're not really sure exactly what it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next question is kind of different versions of how do I start a business? So that's that's what made me reach out to um, um, to Bill because I've taken advantage of that services at least two times in the past. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good then. I I think that resources like this are fantastic. Um, my my father who had started his own small business yeah. when when I was teenager uh, he had he had described to me how important local small business organizations were right. to actually helping their community and how much they actually did for all these small business owners locally yeah. and um, as Bill mentioned before at no cost most of these organizations or organizations like his and some similar um, do this for the for the betterment of the community right and so many people don't take advantage of it. Right, Bill. Why don't you uh, Why don't you tell us uh, who you are and and what the FB FSBDC does? Okay. My, again, my name is Bill Burnham, and the FSBDC, the Florida Small Business Development Center, uh, is a nationwide or, or a part of a nationwide organization of small business development centers, whose uh, charter it is really is to enhance economic development and to enhance economic development through supporting small businesses, helping them uh, get started, helping them grow, helping them succeed so that they can in turn uh, provide additional jobs uh, in the community which ultimately leads, ultimately leads to economic uh, growth for the community. So 
uh, at the uh, FSBDC, uh, we can really help uh, business, small business owners uh, at any, any stage uh, of their business, whether they're pre-venture, uh, I have an idea, don't know exactly what to do, like you mentioned, Mark, some of the folks that come to you uh, and ask you those types of questions, um, all the way through, uh, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm started, I'm, my business is growing, I'm thinking about buying a piece of property to expand, can you help me with that? Uh, I want to get into government contracting. Can you tell me how to do that? I think you know, I'm, a, I'm a small disadvantaged business. I want to take advantage of some of the certifications that are available. Uh, how can I do that? Um, even to the point of I, I'm now, I've been in business for many, many years, and I'm thinking about an exit plan, want to know what my business is worth, uh, and start planning for that process. Uh, we, can, we can help with that as well. So, as, as you can see, from, from pre-startup all the way through to exit, we probably have something to offer to every small business wherever they happen to be in that spectrum. I, I, I love that. So um, you mentioned that you know, this is the Florida branch, and, and it's attached to USF because, uh, because you're in the Tampa Bay area. Um, how would people around the country find similar offices like yours? Well, there's a couple of ways they can do that. Um, one would be just to uh, Google uh, Small Business Administration, SBA, and you, you'll find a link in there to, our, uh, to the Small Business Development Center office with a locator you know, type thing where you plug in your zip code and it'll tell you where the nearest office is. Or just Google Small Business Development Center and whatever town you happen to be living in or county you happen to be living in, um, and uh, an office will, uh, you know, an office will pop up um, in yeah. a Google search. So, so let's say in that in that pre-startup uh, phase, um, what's what are some of the most common questions that you get? Well, the, probably the most common question is uh, is you know is my idea a good one? Um, you know, what do you think? Uh, do you think there's a market for this? Um, those, those are kind of normal questions we get. How do I get started? Uh, do I do I need a business license? Uh, do I do I need to register with the state? Uh, those are kind of common questions, and we that we get. Um, what we try to tell uh, folks when they first come in is uh, to spend some time doing feasibility analysis to to make sure that there is actually a market for what they want to do. Um, a lot of times our ideas sound really good to us, but um, you know they're not necessarily um, uh, an idea that has a, a market that's, that's going to support what the, the ultimate income level is that, that the client uh, would like to achieve. Yeah, I've had two of those, so yeah. I, I, definitely, I definitely understand. And just just to interject a, a quick story here, I um, the first time I went to the um, the SPDC was um, I can't I can't remember how long ago, but it was a long time ago when I decided my wife and I decided to go into business uh, importing bamboo fabric uh, t-shirts. Okay. So we got we we developed a brand and found a source, um, you know, sourcing. And, uh, and did our own little internal financing and got our licenses. And we ran through all that part 
with uh, with the SB with the local SBC. Mm -hmm. So um, that was great advice, you know, working on the parts of the business plan and things like that with you guys. So um, that's actually how I how I know about you. You know, yeah. otherwise I think you guys are pretty much a big secret. Well, uh, because we've got we've got you know we've got sixty five hundred listeners that are that are all asking these questions. So I'm glad to be able to help get the word out of what you do. Yeah, and we we say that a lot that we're the we're the best kept secret in town. It's it's amazing how many times clients come in for the first time and it's like, wow, I, I didn't even know you guys were here. I didn't know you do did all these types of things. Uh, so yeah, it's it's and we we work very diligently to try to get the word out, but. Um, it's a long, slow process. Yeah, I get that. And what's um, what's kind of curious about the whole thing is oftentimes I'll advise somebody, like, that's a great question for your local SBA chapter. Yeah. And, um, and they look at me like, uh, well, why what? would I go there or, or yeah. what's that? And I'm just like, there are so many resources that are free yeah. and there's people – you know, waiting for you, you, yeah. know, all, you know, literally waiting for you to come ask these questions. And you're asking me a question that I'm not going to pretend like I'm going to be a master on. I'm not going to read the, the financial part of your business plan and, and, and analyze all of that and to be able to give the most educated answer for your county or state or city. Right. Now, um, a lot of a lot of folks that we talk to, they're, they're going into you know, they're going into business and it's going to be a home based business. Could you guys tell me, for example, if I'm in Pinellas County, Florida, um, whether I need a special license or anything to start a screen printing um, business or a T-shirt business, that kind of thing? Generally, um, in not a special license that's required. Um, in the counties around the, the Tampa Bay area are tend to differ a little bit, and, and I know you guys work nationally. Um, throughout the country with, with your clients. And so laws tend to vary from state to state and county to county and yeah. city to city. Um, in Pinellas County, for example, you would have to get a business uh, uh, tax license. It used to be called an occupational license. Most of the um, municipalities that um, still use that vehicle have changed the name over, over the years from occupational license to business tax license or business uh, receipt license and something like that. Um, but in Pinellas County and Hillsborough County, uh, locally here, you would need uh, such a thing. Um, yeah, Pasco County as well. If you go up as, as far north as Hernando County, Hernando County does not require the, uh, the business tax license. So, um, okay. uh, it, like I said, it kind of varies from state to state. If, you, if there's any doubt, you can either... Uh, again, Google and, and look at the individual municipality, or call us, and we'll we'll help you do that research. Yeah. So so whatever whatever your local branch is out there, if you're listening, you know you're able to tell, or that branch will be able to tell, you know what the requirements are for for licensing and you know sales tax IDs and things along those lines. Right. Now, yeah, now sales tax, uh, and the answer is yes. Now, sales tax, of course, in, in the state of Florida is a, is a, a state. Uh, Florida Department of Revenue actually handles that. Um, we always advise uh, our clients uh, to uh, contact the Florida Department of Revenue, explain to them what it is they're thinking about doing, 
and then get a determination from them uh, as to whether they're going to actually need the sales tax certificate or not. Um, if they do, uh, it's a relatively, in Florida, relatively simple online uh, process to fill out the application. Uh, but again, we tell the clients, if you have any problems with that, come into the office. We'll walk you through it right there in the office uh, to, to assist them in, in getting that process taken care of. That's awesome. So, so tell me, uh, one of our customer typical questions might be, what, is, what does that whole thing cost? Like I, I want to, you know, I want to get a, I want to make a business name. I want to get my, uh, you know, business tax license. I want to, you know, I'm probably going to be selling retail, so I'm going to need my state, you know, sales tax license. What is it? What is that initial paperwork cost? Maybe to, I'm probably going to start as a sole proprietor um, or an LLC. So what do you what do you see as far as the number goes? Okay. Um, what did that cost? Um, all right. Well, to um, to get started, a uh, couple of things. One, if, if it's a sole proprietorship, with it, which in, in the state of Florida is really the simplest and the lowest cost uh, approach that you can take, uh, you would want to register a fictitious name with the state of Florida. Uh, again, that process can be done online. In, in Florida, we have uh, a website called sunbiz.org. Which is is run by the <clears throat> excuse me the Secretary of State in the state of Florida, um, and every state has similar types of systems set up, generally tied to the Secretary of State in that particular state. So you would register a fictitious name. It costs fifty dollars to do that um, in the state of Florida. That fictitious name registration is good for five years, so it has to be renewed every five years. Um, the state will send you a, a, a friendly reminder when your your um, yours is about to expire so that you can renew. Um, so you need that. And as far as the sales, uh, the, the business tax uh, license, if you need that, um, it's it could vary a little bit. Generally, the average is about $150 uh, to get started, and, and that's something that has to be renewed every year. So you're going to pay that that fee uh, every year to the particular county or municipality that you're in. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, you know, you're going to have to uh, assume you're going to have a website, so you'll have to register a, a domain name as a minimum. Uh, that's relatively inexpensive these days. You know, ten bucks usually you can get uh, get your domain name set up. Um, in terms of the actual uh, web hosting, that can uh, can run you a little more if you if you have the capability to to kind of do that yourself. And a lot of the a lot of the hosting sites such as GoDaddy and Wix, the ones that people are generally familiar with, make it um, fairly easy to do. Absolutely. Um, uh, and you know, for hundred bucks, hundred and fifty dollars, something like that, you can you can get your a, a basic a website set up yeah. um, that you know that's that's pretty much uh, you know sales tax doesn't that doesn't cost anything to get set up the getting an uh, employer identification number EIN number through the IRS doesn't cost anything to do that um, so that's that's kind of a basic and nutshell uh, uh, 
cost. Now, if you go to, uh, say you decided you needed a limited liability company as opposed to a, a just a basic fictitious name registration, the cost there would be a little bit more in the state of Florida. Uh, I'll say just on the rough side of around $150 um, to, to get started with that. Uh, again, it's that's something you can do on sunbiz.org and you can do yourself. Yeah. Uh, with that, there is also yearly an annual report that has to be filed with the state, uh, which costs $150 uh, per year. to Because uh, now, now you're a company, really. You're a business. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're a company. Yeah, more of a, a structured entity um, and right. with the idea that it's going to be more than just you um, in this business. Yeah. So, I mean, really, I, I asked that question specifically so people could get an idea not only of the costs involved, but also that you're actually the people to go to to get that information wherever they are locally. Because it's going to be a little bit different in Texas. It's going to be a lot different in New Jersey, you know, places like that. Yeah, and for the most part, you figure to, to set this up correctly the first time isn't going to cost you more than a few hundred dollars. If yeah. you if you get if you're doing all of it, yeah, you know if you're just doing the very basic, I think doing the simple math for like a hundred bucks, you can almost start a business, right? Um, and then if you're going a little bit further and you're getting the domain and making an LLC, you're into the few hundred dollar range. Yeah. Um, but all of that right there that he said um, is mildly intimidating. Yeah, you know? it is. And it's intimidating true. to me, honestly, because I'm just like I. And I don't know which one do I want and need. And these are all things that I think that the, maybe part of the point of this whole podcast and listening to this particular one yeah. is to just get up, go down to this office, yeah. or make an appointment, or look them up online, or just have a phone conversation with somebody. Bring some paper in your hand, yeah. you know, um, whether you want them to help you make a decision or just point you in the right direction. You should do this so you can do it correctly. Yeah. And 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 this way, because what's going to happen is you're going to want to focus on your embroidery business or your T-shirt printing business. Right. Because it's fun. Right. And then, but you've got to do this. Yeah, you didn't get into business so you could do the paperwork. Yeah. Right. So, so get up, go somewhere, get this done correctly. If you're already in business, you can, I'm sure you can go to this organization um, and help to make sure you're doing things in yeah. the right direction or maybe you want to make a change, yeah. you know, good change it into like an LLC or a corporation and they can point you in the right direction for that too. But too many people do nothing right. and then now they're already in business and they turn around and they want to do something different and now they're backtracking and they're not sure oh, no. where to go. No, it's worse. I, I've done this and that's, oh my God, I haven't paid my um, sales tax in seven months. Oh, yeah. Because mm -hmm. okay. yeah. uh, penalties add up. So um, definitely... Get, get a handle on the paperwork. I mean, that's really, I think we've talked about that before, but, you know, you've got a resource here um, that's free and readily available, and they're pros that you can take advantage of to say, okay, um, I'm ready to go. What do I need to do to start this business? And they'll pretty much walk you through the paperwork, right, Phil? That's correct. And, and uh, you know, I have a lot of times I'll have clients uh, come into the office who have already done some of this and uh, unfortunately 
as we talk through their situation a little bit, it becomes apparent very quickly that they maybe didn't choose the right entity type given the complexities of their business. And so I always tell people, you know, come to see us first. We'll walk you through what the considerations are that you need to think about prior to making, a, for example, an entity type selection. Um, and so that you'll you'll make the right one for your situation uh, at at that particular time. The other thing I tell people is all of the stuff we talked about up to now are things that you can do yourself with a little help, perhaps. So it's not necessary to pay someone to uh, to help you with these particular things. There's a, there's a, a whole industry out there of individuals and companies who uh, sort of prey on uh, new entrepreneurs who, who don't know any better. And, you know, I'll have, I'll have clients come in who have already set up their entity on SunBiz and they paid somebody $250 to help them set it up. It's like, you know, you didn't need to do that. We, right. we could have walked you through that. It wouldn't have cost you anything. Unfortunately, it's a, you know, it's an expensive lesson learned that, Hopefully they don't repeat when they're moving on to the next step. Yeah, good advice. So um, other than after, I would say the, you know, how do I actually start a business? Um, I've got kind of two questions that we get. And, and the first one is, do I, do I need a business plan? And what should that look like? And then um, it's really always financing. Mm -hmm. It's like, when's the best way or what are the resources available for me to finance my equipment? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's talk about the business plan first. Um, to, to say, do I need a business plan? Uh, there are situations where a business plan may not be necessary and in absolute and have to have it type of uh, terms. However, uh, we recommend that it's always a good idea to go through that process, even if you're not going to need it for. A, a specific, uh, for example, financing or where a bank is going to require it. The reason we say it's a good idea is because it it takes you through the feasibility process um, of determining is this business really feasible? You know, does it is there really a target market? You know, what does my target market look like? Is it big enough? Do I really understand the industry? Uh, do I know what the competition looks like? Is there a lot of competition? Is there no competition? What is the you know what are the strengths and weaknesses of the competition? Um, what is my market? You know who are my clients going to look like? We describe them in as much detail as possible. How many of them are there? What makes them buy? All those types of things. Then then you you look at okay now I understand my market. Uh, I know how big it is. Uh, now, financially, what does that look like? What are the you know what are the startup costs that are going to be involved in this? What are the fixed expenses, salaries? You know, what does my sales forecast look like? How how many am I going to sell? How, how many do I need to sell? As I mentioned earlier, you know, you, I always ask uh, clients when they come in, what's your goal? You know, what how much money do you want to make? How much money do you need to make? out of this business to replace what it is you're doing right now. Um, and so let's work 
once we know that number, let's work and see will this business idea support that. So a business plan helps with all those things. It helps you focus uh, your ideas. It helps you organize your thoughts. Um, and ultimately, it, it provides a very good uh, feasibility study to determine whether this particular idea is, is a good one for that individual. Well, uh, I, I, feel like, I feel like you just read off um, 20 of the titles of our last 50 podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's interesting because uh, we just did the mo uh, monogramming podcast uh, webinar, webinar yeah. recently. And so a, if the small business owner is looking to get a home-based custom monogramming business, they might not necessarily need at all a formal business plan. Right. However, it is a good idea to go through the exercise, as Bill said, and determine, okay, who am I going to sell to? How much is it, how long is it going to take? What am I going to do? You know, what does my market like look that? like? What does my market look like? How much money do I need to make? Yep. And go and write some of these things down. So it's not like you have a form with a formal business plan that's 18 pages. You don't need a cover page and a <laughs> yeah. binder. Right? No, but you have a, you answer the basic questions for yourself. And you write down some goals. Yeah. However, if your goal is to, you know, have twenty machines and you're going to buy all those up front, you know, and you and, better have a business. Yeah, plan. you you should have a plan. You know, if you're investing all of that money, you should have it in very detail. So there's levels yeah. of all of this. Um, but going through the exercise, whether it turns into a formal business plan or not, is always valuable. Yeah, I I actually used um, business plan builder software. Um, a couple of times, and what I found was is that doing that kind of thing is a great way to vet ideas. Absolutely. Because, you know, you, you actually go through and you're doing the research, okay, I've got to fill out the competition section, and that physically makes you sit down and take a look, okay, um, is, is Cafe Press really my competition? Do I care if the screen printer down the street sells shirts for $8? Uh, maybe you do and maybe you don't. You know, you can narrow that down and decide. That will determine your pricing strategy and everything. So that's good. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, there can be a small boutique opened up a quarter mile from a Walmart. Right. However, who they're selling to and what they're selling is completely different. So yeah. they both sell T-shirts. Right. Except the boutique's T-shirts are $35 and Walmart's are 4 Yeah. But it's completely different. Right. So that's part of that exercise is figuring that out, what yeah. competition matters. Now, Bill, do you guys offer any, any templates or anything for people to use to do a business plan? Yeah, absolutely. I was, I was going to mention that. We do have a, a lot of resources available, uh, again, at no cost to the, to the client's uh, business plan. Uh, we have templates. We have checklists that, that they can use, which essentially if they go down and answer the questions on the checklist, they'll have what they need uh, to then write a business plan. And, and, and we also offer, uh, I haven't mentioned this, but we offer training classes uh, on, on various topics. Uh, one of those, of course, is, is a business planning uh, class um, where they can learn in a little bit more detail if they need that, that formal business plan uh, certainly, how to prepare that, and even if they just they need to understand the thought process and the research that that needs to go into a business plan, they they can get that out of the uh, out of the class as well. So that's uh, great. By all means, yeah, um, and that 
that uh, any of those resources that we offer would be available on our website, uh, which is sbdc.tampabay.org. Um, and if not in our area, again, the SBDCs, uh, anywhere they happen to be in the country, will have similar type of uh, resources available on their on their web pages. That, that's great. Now I'm going to ask you a leading question because it's going to, I'm sure it's going to, um, to move over into the financing section is when do you need when do you actually have to have a formal business plan? Well, um, certainly if you're going to uh, try to seek funding through an SBA guaranteed loan, you you that is still a requirement uh, of an SBA guaranteed loan as a formal business plan. Uh, a lot of the banks that we've talked to recently are, uh, I'll say, softening on the requirement to have a formal business plan. Uh, what they're requiring instead would be something similar to what you would think of as the executive summary that appears in a business plan. It might be uh, two, three pages that kind of summarizes what it is, what the activity is, who the, who the principals are, uh, what the, the uh, financial results that are expected and, and what the what the need is and how the money is going to be used. So a lot of the banks are, if it's going to be an internally um, financed loan, in other words, not, not through the SBA, then they don't necessarily require that, that formal business plan anymore. So um, in terms of financing in general, um, I would say that if the if the business is a startup, um, which probably most of what we're talking about here, I'm assuming uh, most of the folks you work with are startup type businesses, yep. uh, the, the traditional financing is, is um, a little more difficult um, to, to get uh, for startups. Uh, than it would be for a business that has been, say, functioning for five years, has you know, five years' worth of history, five years' worth of tax returns and positive results and, and that type of thing. Uh, banks are more likely to lend to those types of uh, uh, companies than they are somebody who's just starting up uh, because, of the, because of the risk factor. Uh, you know, the banks realize that there's a, a higher rate of failure for startups, uh, and and so they tend to be risk averse, so um, it's it's a little harder to get that financing. Um, having said that, the, the the things that the banks are going to look at uh, generally, obviously, they want to know how much do you need, uh, and what do you plan to use it for. Um, they want to see that you have collateral which supports the loan. Um, Which is want, a house, home equity, or a car. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be uh, it could be both business and personal assets, uh, or a combination thereof. Uh, you know, in your case, where where you're helping individuals get set up with equipment and whatnot, well, that business equipment that they need to get started can be part of the collateral that supports the loan. Uh, it's a it's a physical asset that that uh, you know has value, uh, but in a, in a lot of cases uh, there is not sufficient business assets to support the uh, financing need. 
So the banks will ask you about personal assets that you have, and you, you know certainly you mentioned a house. They will um, they will ask you if you'd be willing to to put up your house as collateral. Uh, you don't have to do that. They can't force you to do that, but they will ask you to do that. And and if you're willing, they'll have you essentially pledge that as as collateral to support that loan. Um, and there are other uh, personal assets, uh, you know, right down to vehicles and and uh, you know bank accounts and, and things like that, stocks and, and so forth that could potentially be considered collateral as well. So they're going to they're going to want to look at that. They're going to look at, at the how does the business cash flow uh, and your you know your what do your projections look like to show that it it cash flows positively. Um, that's you know that's a a must. Uh, right. I have clients come in occasionally who have put together forecasts and we get to look looking at the cash flow and it's got negative cash flow for the first year and I tell them you know what <laughs> Don't, do not take this to the bank until we figure this out um, because they're you know they do not like negative cash flow so so they want yeah. positive cash flow which which um, shows that that you can pay back the loan and and have some reserve so that you know they recognize that you have personal um, bills to pay as well, so they, they like to have a little factor built in so that you, not only will they get paid, but that the individual can get paid as well. Um, and then, you know, the last thing they look at is character, and, and character kind of encompasses a lot of things. Part of that is, of course, the credit score, uh, the credit history of the individual. Um, a lot of folks come in the first time, and they they uh, are under the impression that it's it, since it's a business loan, it's the business that's getting the loan. When in reality, uh, it's the bank is looking. You're a startup, so the bank is looking at you personally. They're loaning the money to you, right. um, not so much the business. So they they want to know that you have a a good credit history um, and that you have a uh, some sort of capabilities either. Uh, industry knowledge or management knowledge, um, so that you uh, personally would be a good risk. If you know, if you are opening a, a, a t-shirt type business and you've run other businesses before, either as a as an owner or as a uh, a manager in a business, well, that certainly is going to be helpful. Um, yeah. You know, if or, or if you have industry experience. Where you worked for a T-shirt uh, uh, manufacturer, uh, not necessarily in management, but you, you understand the industry. That's going to be helpful uh, to to build your case as well. And, so, and that and that and that makes sense. So, if you're going to open up a retail um, cap store, you know, or kiosk in the mall, and you're going for a for a loan for twenty five thousand dollars to get it all outfitted then the bank is naturally going to ask you the questions, well, have you ever worked in retail before? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Have you ever run a business before? And what does that look like? Do you know how to handle cash? Can you show me some experience, you know, that shows that? Shows that? Yeah, or I managed mm -hmm. a, a kiosk cap store right. for 10 years. Yeah. And I'm ready to own my own. In a right. right. Now, I, I, have a, I have another question um, that is, I think, is part of the a big fear of why people probably don't go to your organization. I mean, don't people come and ask a lot of really stupid questions? 
Um, well, I, I'm, I'm the one who will always say, and I know it's cliche, but there really is no such thing as a, a stupid question. Um, the, only, the only stupid question is one that doesn't get asked. Um, uh, because, you know, if you don't ask the question, how, how, you, how are you going to get the answer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's exactly kind of what I was going with with it, because I knew you were going to say something along those yeah. lines. Because that's what it is, is that people are so, they're so afraid of going and asking a basic question because they fear that they're going to look like a fool right. going to you and wasting your time with such a stupid question, when really it's, it's a basic question you've probably you've been asked 500 times. Yeah, and, and I just want to say, like, everybody understands because, you know, again, because the monogramming business um, is on my mind because we just finished mm -hmm. uh, the webinar, um, everybody understands that, you know, maybe you are a stay-at-home mom that's been doing embroidery for friends and family from your house for five or ten years, that you have never run a business before or financed a business or uh, had to do government paperwork before, right? So, so you can ask those questions and not worry about anybody judging you for what you know and don't know. Yeah, and, and it's really just that. And I don't think there's also anything wrong when, because people do it all the time on the phone with us, and um, I like it when they say it. People, yeah. say, people just say, "I feel like this question I'm going to ask oh, is know. stupid." And mm -hmm. and I actually think that's great that people say that yeah. um, because they're admitting that, like, "Oh, I'm kind of scared to ask this question." Yeah. Um, and then this way, I can come back with you know hopefully a light response that makes them feel better. And I think they should do the same with these organizations. Just say, you know, I feel a little uncomfortable with some of these questions because I feel like I should know this already. And I'm sure somebody like Bill is going to come back and say, it's perfectly normal that you don't know that. Let me show you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's really what I, what I generally tell them is that's what we're here for. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, that's our charter. That's what we get paid to do is, is to help you through this process, whatever that means, whatever that takes. Uh, that's that. That's awesome. Go ahead. No, I think I think that that was it. I just made, I wanted to just make that point. Um, I wanted to because um, we've we've talked a lot about startups and those initial questions, and and that does represent a lot of people that listen to our podcast. But we've also got this whole other set that maybe they've been doing custom bling T-shirts for two or three years, or they're you know they're they're actually what I would call mid-sized shops and they're bringing enough money to you know to support themselves and they're and they're ready to make to take the next step and that's either going retail and getting a new shop um, or adding serious equipment you know like maybe they've they've started out in about the five thousand dollar range with what they've invested build up some money and now they're ready to go to the 50 or the 75 and start a bigger or grow into a bigger company mm -hmm. Is there, a, is there a separate set of resources or a different set of resources that you guys offer or a conversation that you have differently with people that are already in the business? Well, it certainly is going to be a, a different conversation um, because obviously they've gone through all the initial startup type activities. Uh, but there is some crossover. You know, the, the whole financing uh, question has to be answered, which, again, Part of the business planning process may be invoked in that situation. Um, we're going to try to help them work through what are the best alternatives for what it is you want to do. 
both in terms of, you know, say maybe equipment selection or location selection. Let's say they're looking at a retail um, setup, a brick and mortar setup. We would try to help them understand what they need to be looking at in terms of evaluating those locations, both in terms of the market support um, and the, the financial aspects of that, what it's going to cost. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. The, you know, when it comes to financing, um, we even go so far as to work with them uh, as they work with the banks, uh, okay. to talk to the banks and maybe uh, inter intercede on their behalf at certain points uh, to get issues resolved. Uh, a lot of times what I'll do when, when somebody comes in uh, in that situation is to ask them if it's okay because everything we talk about with the clients is confidential, so we don't share their information with anybody outside of the SBDC without their permission. So I may ask them, hey, would you mind if I talk to a couple of our banking resources to uh, go through your situation with them and see if this is something that they think is feasible, uh, that, that we can get it done. So, um, yeah, there's a, a tremendous amount of resources that, um, as, I, as I said earlier, uh, that we can uh, apply to the situation from, from startup all the way through exit and, and everything in between. That that that's awesome. Yeah, um, I, and this is all this is all funded on the state or federal level. Well, it's our funding comes from several different sources. As I mentioned earlier, we do get some funding from the Small Business Administration. We also get some funding from the state of Florida. We get some funding from USF because they are our um, our local partner. Uh, and then we also uh, raise some of our own funds through private resources. Um, we are, uh, in order to uh, get the level of funding we need to provide the resources that we provide, uh, we do have to generate some of our own uh, funding as well. So it's kind of a conglomeration of a lot of different sources that, that end up making up our budget. Gotcha. I, I, I really I can think of a few better investments you know, for tax dollars and, and providing this kind of support. Yeah, and, and I think that for me, um, the, the big takeaway I get from this, and I hope people get takeaway from this, is whether you've been in business for years or you haven't even started yet, you should, you should check out what your local organization has to offer you, whether it's a little brief consulting meeting on some questions you're not sure where to go, or if you take a class that they offer, or you or you take advantage of some sort of partnership they have uh, with another organization like a university or something where you can take a class and go and learn something new. Yeah. Even if you think you're the best at everything, take if they offer a, a short business finance course, take it. Like yeah. you're you're gonna learn something new and you're gonna do something better for your business. Uh, honestly, I disagree. I think there's only two times yeah. that you should take advantage <laughs> of something like this. <laughs> One is if you have a problem and you need some help solving it. Yeah. And two is you if you have no problems, everything's going well. Yeah. And you want to see how you can do better. Yeah. yeah. I think those, those are the only two times. Yeah, it sounds perfect okay. to me. <laughs> All right, uh, Bill. I tell you what. Um, as we close up here, would you just run through where people in um, people in our area can find your organization locally 
and where we can where our customers all over the country can get in touch with the uh, SBDC? Okay, locally here I would say a couple of different things. They can go to sbdctampabay.com. That's our website. Uh, there's all sorts of resources there. Um, if they would like to actually come in for a consulting session, they can register to do that right on the website. They can also call us. Uh, our telephone number is area code 813-905-5800. Um, if, uh, if they're uh, not in our region, they can just Google SBDC and uh, they can type whatever geographic region they happen to be in, SBDC Florida, SBDC Georgia, SBDC uh, Austin, Texas, yeah. uh, and, and the, the specific uh, local resource will come up right up at the top of the page and they just click on that and get all the all the information they need to make contact with those individual offices. Okay, yeah. cool. Just wanted to make sure that everybody got those letters as SBDC. Um, Bill, this could this could be in the running, and we should run this contest mm -hmm. for one of the most useful podcasts <laughs> that we've ever done. We well, we've had a lot of good rambling ones. Yeah, well, so, good and rambling. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, I really, Bill, I appreciate you coming on here and sharing this information with people because it's what it's what you do every day, and uh, too many people don't even realize that you're there to help them. Yeah. So I think it's fantastic that um, a lot more people are going to realize either you personally or somebody just like you in their areas can do this. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's been my pleasure to uh, be a part of your podcast. All right, thanks, Bill. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, um, everybody, this has been uh, Mark Stevenson from Coldessie. And Mark Biela from Coleman & Company. And uh, have a good business.